you're listening to the Way Community Church Lakeland podcast, where our mission is to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, that they might become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope this message from our weekend service encourages you in your walk with the Lord. And now, here's the message. We feel like the Lord wants to do something uh, special here today. Uh, this is going to be uh, a difficult service for many people today, and uh, just because of the content. And uh, I'm, I'm, I get excited about these types of services because I know that the Lord is about to drop here in this room. And so I just want to let you know that um, I don't know what's going to happen, but I get a sense that today, more than most Sundays here, you have an opportunity to encounter the Holy Spirit. And uh, this is a day that I have experienced personal revival like, like no others. And that's, that's our whole goal, man. We want to see the Holy Spirit move in your life. We want to see the Holy Spirit move in your life. We want to see the Holy Spirit move in your life. T- today, I don't know if you know, is Yom Kippur. Uh, it's the Jewish holiday for the Day of Atonement. And um, it's, uh, it's a beautiful day. It's, it's, uh, it's the day that uh, the, the scapegoat, it's the day that Israel would be uh, forgiven of their sins and be cleansed. And with that being said, what better thing than to talk about debts? Amen. Jesus paid a price that we simply could not pay. Um, and uh, I'm so thankful for what he gave because of what we did. I don't know if you can remember what you did, but it's, it's, it is super important that we are mindful of the sins that we've committed in our body, in our mind, in our heart. We offended God who is holy, who is holy, who is holy. And I don't know, but we want to make sure that people understand in this generation that love Jesus, the Lord is holy. And sin is real, and sin separates us from the Lord. Anyways, today uh, I'm going to take you in, and we're going to um, read this passage of Scripture. Would you all stand to your feet with me for the reading of God's Word? We're going to go to Matthew chapter 6. This would be the famous sermon on the mountain where he would say this. I want you to pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. And may your kingdom come, and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food that we need, and forgive us of our sins, as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others... Your Father will not forgive your sins. Let's pray. Hey, Jesus, help. Amen, amen. Y'all can have a seat. Uh, I don't like uh, speaking this early in the service because I I, I enjoy ministering when the Holy Spirit's already kind of doing His thing. Uh, Largely, I can sense everyone's unsettled. This is how Jesus taught us to pray. This is the prayer model. And I want you to know, I don't know how long you've been in the faith, but we we don't graduate from praying the way Jesus taught us how to pray. Some people don't like prayer models. I think that they think that that's not Pentecostal enough. And uh, 
there's no one more Pentecostal than the Spirit of Jesus, you know, who taught us how to pray. This is a model, and it's a model because he is trying to help us understand what the Father wants from our hearts. On a daily basis, we should be mindful that we have sinned against the Lord, and we confess those sins. What I know is that today, as we talk about the subject of debts, we're talking about specifically learning how to forgive. And what I am aware of is that in this room, more and more in this day and age, and I, I don't know about the generation that's been before us, but I know this generation largely struggles to forgive themselves of sins that they've committed. As I pray about this, I ask God why, and it, I lean into this like, Lord, what is happening that we can't forgive ourselves? And I can only explain to you pride. Pride is the idea that like, how, like we've arrived to a point where we've like convinced ourselves that we weren't capable of sinning in such a way that hurt us. Like it surprised me, this thing that I did, uh, this hurt that I caused someone else. Like we want you to know that the Lord wants you to lean into the reality that you are a broken person who is very much capable. If he thought that you would have never sinned, then he may have started with you instead of Adam, okay? <laughs> but he didn't. And the reality is that he knows that you're going to sin and he knows that you're going to hurt others. And he wants you to recognize that in your weakness, he is made strong. And so recognizing and leaning into what you have done is a powerful, wonderful way for you to understand the love of God. But when you refuse to forgive yourself of what you've done and the mistakes that we've made, then it, it, it forces us to put ourselves in a position where we refuse to receive the grace and the loving kindness of the Father. But when we can stand here and recognize that I have done wrong and I don't know how to fix it, I don't know how to make it go away, you can't. Only He can. And that's why we stand in need of the loving Father and the blood of Jesus. Like church, there are some people here that are really struggling with something that you did or said years ago. And, you, and the only way you're going to be able to get past that is recognizing, Lord, I sinned and I hated what I did. Please forgive me. Please wash me. Please cleanse me. And it's receiving forgiveness that you have the ability to recognize that you can't penalize yourself enough for what you did. We allow the Father to penalize the Son, the perfect Lamb of God. And in allowing him to die for us, we find grace. But unforgiveness is real. And it becomes this terrible disease. I don't know if you know, but Tom Hopkins uh, uh, Research Center, multiple other things. You can go to website after website after website and after website. And there are so many studies today that would show that many illnesses that are taking place right now are due to the stress put on ourselves because of our inability to forgive ourselves or others of things that have happened. It causes high blood pressure. It causes, uh, uh, the John Hopkins study uh, shows chronic anger can turn into a fight or flight mode, which results in numerous changes in the heart rate, blood pressure, and the immune system. 
Those changes increase the risk of depression, heart disease, diabetes, and many other conditions. But forgiveness, however, calms our stress levels, leading to improved health. I love that I love that I love that what Jesus was saying isn't just like some spiritual thing. It's good for you to learn the Lord's Prayer and to say, Father, forgive me. I need your forgiveness. I did wrong today. I thought an egregious thought. I said something. I was too fast. I was rude. I was angry. And I don't care how small your sin is. For you to have a move of God, like if you know the heart of God, you'll learn that he loves repentance. He loves when people need him. And he loves this ability. He's drawn to it. I promise today here in these altars, many of you will have a move of God because you will learn that the Lord is drawn to those that are willing to forgive others. But in this passage, as Jesus is saying, he's trying to help us learn forgiveness for ourselves. He is really leaning into a thought here in Matthew chapter 6, where he would say, forgive, forgive us of our sins as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. And if you forgive those who sin against you, then your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse, your Father will not forgive you. I, I think that this is an interesting, interesting, interesting tone that the father has because he is always showing us kindness he is always showing us kindness but there is one way to remove the kindness of God from your life and it's when you choose to be greater than the Lord we have a responsibility to display the loving kindness of Jesus without exception and so today I'm going to lean in on a couple difficult uh, uh, feelings what I know is there is hurt in this room if you are human and you are like Jesus, you have been hurt and hurt by people, rejected by people. And I want you to know what an opportunity we have to be like Christ today. So today I want to first talk to marriages. Babe, I didn't tell you before you came, but would you come up here really quick? I want you to know that my wife loves me. She loves me with all of her heart. I may have to be at the altar after this message. We may have to forgive your family. One of the hardest people to learn to forgive are the people that you see daily. Because the offenses committed to the people that are closest to you happen the most frequently. It's not intentional. It's just who I am. And I want you to know that the Lord knows who you are and how dumb you can be. And he loves you and calls you his beloved. We have to learn the loving kindness of the Father accepting and embracing us for who we are if we're going to really love anyone. And so I, I want her to just stand next to me because I want you to know there is no one that I have sinned against more on this planet than my wife. And yet it is so important if you want the Holy Spirit to move in your family and in your home. Let me say it again. If you want the Holy Spirit to move in your family and in your home, you are going to have to practice the loving kindness of Jesus. And that is forgiveness. Now Jesus 
Peter came over to Jesus and he said, all right, all right, Lord, how often then should I forgive someone who sins against me? Up to seven times? And, and I, I read this verse for everyone who's married here. No, up to 70 times seven. And he's really just trying to throw out an infinite number. Teresa, how many times would you think that you may have had to, you know, just lean into that for a second? And yet I want you to know in front of everyone, I ask you to forgive me yet again. And I don't know what I'm asking for. <laughs> specifically. <laughs> That's it. You can go have a seat. <laughs> but if we don't forgive, we take on offense. And uh, I love, I, I saw a, a, a sermon once and it, it said, you know what offense does, right? It builds a fence that divides people. Your unforgiveness will literally build a wall in your marriage. It will literally build a wall in your heart. It will literally build a, a wall keeping the Holy Spirit from breakthrough and revelation. Because if the, it all starts with the kindness of God in our life. We receive the love and then we give the love. Freely we have received, freely we give. Amen? Up to 70. And so Jesus would lean into this story. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with a servant who had borrowed money from him. And in the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay. So his master offered him that he would be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay that debt. The man fell down before his master and he begged, please be patient with me. I'll pay it all. And his master, filled with pity for him, released him and forgave him of his debt. The man left the king, and he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. And he grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me, and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. And he had the man arrested and put into prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. And they went to the king, and they told him everything that had happened. And the king called in the man who had forgiven, and he said, You evil servant, I forgave you of a tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? And the anger of the king sent this man to prison to be tortured until, that, until he had paid that entire debt. That's what your heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters with all your heart. It starts super personal with the people closest to us. For some reason, we have this idea that because we're in closer proximity, we have a greater entitlement because it's a repeated offense to say, you know what? No, this is the last time. I draw a line in the sand now. Try that with the Lord. What if he said, this is the last time you look at a woman with lust in your heart? You're done. And the grace of God and the spirit of the Lord has been moved, removed from you. No longer will you be an Emmanuel, God with me. But now you'll be Ichabod. God has departed from me. Can you imagine if the spirit of God left your life? Terror. 
And the Lord is not throwing out a verse. Like, this isn't a one-verse theology, I want you to understand. This is coming from the heart of the Father. This is coming from Jesus. He didn't just say it on the Sermon on the Mountain. He would say it in Capernaum. He would say it in Jerusalem. He would say it in Bethany. He would go on to share this tone and this voice again and again and again. If you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven. And I, I'm, I am only being harsh because I, I, I think that we fool ourselves with this mindset that like we love, we love, we love, we love, we love. We throw all these Facebook comments up there, you know, love more. Except my cousin Billy Bob. Ah, no one loves that guy, you know. And I, no, it's the kindness. Like it's got to come through me. I want you to know like our sin is gross. We, we have a stench on us. We have a weakness. And God is strong, yet he is drawn to us because he loves us. So I'm leaning in further on this thought here. But when you're praying, first forgive anyone that you are holding a grudge against so that your heavenly Father will Forgive your sins too, Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, verse 25. And so I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about all the situations where we cut people off. And we have a culture where we, we throw shade at other people and we let other people know the sins that they committed against me. And so we build a case. We we, we blaspheme other people or we talk other people down because of what they did. They did this and it was like an injustice against me. I want you to understand, Jesus is giving you an opportunity that when his spirit was put in you, you now can act and live and be like Jesus to the nations. And so let me, sh let me just remind you, on the very night that Jesus was betrayed, one of his closest friends, his name was Judas, lived with him for three years. Jesus, knowing who he was, knowing that the guy who would betray him was in the room, knowing who he was, he later looked at him and said, go ahead, now is the time to do what you're about to do. And just before he looked at him, he got down on his knees and washed his feet, showing kindness and love to him. Friends, I, I've been betrayed by people that I felt like I served with all of my heart. Felt like I was there for them in their worst hours. I, for some people... And it really seems like it's the people that I go further out of my way for that I get more rejected by. Like if I'll skip one of my kids' birthday parties or a game to go and be there for someone thinking that because they needed me, and yet they are the very people that, man, did me so wrong. I don't know what it was that I was, but you need to know hurt people hurt people. And you, I have a friend who says it all the time. Everyone is broken. Everyone is broken. Like, why would they do this to you? It wasn't you. It was them. They're hurting. 
They're scared. They need someone to blame for what's going on inside of them, and they just don't know what to do with it. But you have an opportunity for those that said the worst things to you to be like Christ. And you have an option. You don't have to, but you also don't have to grow spiritually. As your growth stops when you damn the Holy Spirit in your life. And I just want to make sure you understand, I, I, I've, I've only known the Lord for 23 years, but in my 23 years, I can tell you that when the Lord takes me in prayer to repentance, to naming the sins that I am struggling with in my body, in my mind, and in my soul, the Spirit of God moves on me. And when I begin to bring out by name those people that have offended me, the Spirit of God moves on me even in a greater way. And what happens when people offend me? Someone said once, I'll never forget, I was, I was hurt in ministry by someone that I trusted in a deep way. And it, it hurt so bad, man. I remember it took me months. I would every day, I mean, with, with serious, when I, when I, my wife tells me that I get fixated on thoughts. So when I get hurt, I get fixated on that hurt. But I know that the Lord commanded me to forgive that person. So I would, I would go in prayer and be driving. I, I, I had this job. I would drive for 45 minutes and I had to pass this person's house and work twice on the way to work and on the way back. And I remember white knuckling, uh, uh, weeping in the car. Like, why would they do this to me? Why would they do this to me? And I would, God, please forgive them. Like, God, I pray you'd bless them. And it would hurt so bad. And I would hate them so bad. But what I'm telling you is that you won't immediately, when it's a deep hurt, you won't immediately forgive them. You have to do this as an act of obedience. You have to first choose, make the decision, I am going to forgive. Your heart will learn to catch up with the words that are in your mouth. But it starts with the decision. They did me dirty and it's not okay. But Lord, I am saying to them that I pray that you move in their life. And your heart will catch up with that. It took me months for my soul to actually, and I can, how do you know when you don't forgive someone? When there's, when there's a grievance, I'll tell you. Go to any party that they're at and watch how small the room is. Have 150 people, 300 people in the room. And if Stacy shows up, let me just tell you how, how small that room is. You, can, you know what she's wearing. You know, you know what perfume she has on. And it just, it like, it's like your soul ain't right because your spirit is vexed. Your spirit, man, that you are the temple of the Lord, is grieved because you are choosing to not allow the Holy Spirit to flow. And so it, it's tense. And what I want you to know is that that tension can literally cause illness in your body. More importantly, it can be more damaging to the church because you are a culture of grace. You are a culture of the love of God. And you're teaching the rest of us how to love. But not when I ain't going to that Bible study. No, sorry. Because there's other people there. And those people act like this. Go and talk to them. And the scripture says when you have aught with someone, you go to them and you tell them, this is what happened. And if you can't work it out, then you go to the elders of the church. You go to the staff. 
You bring in another brother and sister to be a force of accountability. So if it's in your marriage and you've brought it up and you brought it up and you brought it up, then bring it to the church. Better yet, don't no, take it to a counselor. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can bring it to the church. You know what I mean? Like, we love it too. Um, another reminder of an opportunity for us to show the love of Christ is when, is when Jesus was like in the last hours of Christ's life, he displayed loving kindness in such beautiful ways, like to Peter, someone who he was close with, someone, he, he, Jesus would give him the ministry of running the church when he's gone. And Peter completely denied knowing him. Now, if you've been in the church for a long time, you know the story. So you may forget what that story actually feels like. But imagine if Fred was going down to the market and he ran into someone and he was, oh, I love my pastor. And then that guy said, oh, yeah, Fred really likes you. And I'd say, who? Oh, I don't, I don't know who Fred, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that guy. No, no, you know Fred. I mean, yeah, he's been over to your house. He's had dinner with you. No, 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 I don't, I, I don't know Fred. It's like, like, I'm throwing the worst kind of shame. I don't even want to say anything about him. I don't recognize, it's not that I don't like him. I don't, I don't want to know him. I don't have nothing to do with him. That's, and there's people in your life that at one time you were close with, and now they cut you off. And you know what we do? Oh, I'll just, fine, I'll just cut them off then too. I'll just cut them right out of my life. Friends, I need to make sure you understand that you are ambassadors of reconciliation. That's what the scripture says. Let me, let me see, you guys are paying attention a little bit more. You guys are ambassadors of <laughs> reconciliation. That's what the scripture would say. So we don't have the right to just say, these kinds of people that do those kinds of things. No, no. Jesus took that very guy and established him as the leader of the church. We can't have unforgiveness with people. Create boundaries if you need to. Have healthy conversations. But you are Jesus to a dying and broken world. I know they're an idiot. I know they're selfish. I know they're rude. I know they're greedy. Sounds a lot like your pastor. And all of you guys like him. But if you knew about me, what he knows about me. And so I think of, of, of the greatest example of the opportunity for us to forgive, it's even deeper than this. And some of you guys are going to be like, Pastor, I think you're being harsh. There, there are some terrible things that happen to some people in this room, like abuse of the worst kinds. But when I think of heroic people of the faith, the reason why we look through history is because it's historic people. That's where we can see the church. If you only look in the moment right now, we'll find a million excuses and reasons why we don't need to do that because culturally it's not acceptable. This is how doctors and therapists would say we handle it now. No, 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 we go to scripture. I think of people like Corey Ten Boom who prayed for the murderers of her family. 
We love, even if they abuse us. Why would you say that, Pastor Tim? Well, just look at your Savior on the cross. They stripped him naked in front of him. They plucked out his beard. They hailed insults at him. They punched him. They wounded him. They laughed at him. They stripped him naked. And they hung him on a cross, hailing insults at him, gambling for his clothes. And he looked at the Father and he said, Father, I pray that you forgive them for they know not what they're doing. But there was abuse. They did it intentionally. Hurt people hurt people they don't know. They're broken. It's a dark and fallen world. Listen, terrible things are going to happen to you. Jesus said, he he didn't say like, I'm going to protect you and only good things are going to happen to you for the rest of your life. That is not the gospel of Jesus. He said, I'm sending you out sheep among wolves. They're going to attack you. You want to follow me? If you want to be my disciple, then you're going to get a cross too. I get a cross and you get a cross. And you know how often, Keith Kelso, you're supposed to carry that cross? Daily. You get a cross. So when people offend you and they hurt you and they do you wrong, you get a glorious opportunity to be just like our Savior every day. And I know it's hard, and, you, and it, you, it'll take time for you to get there, but your heart will follow. It starts with praying blessings on our enemies. But I hate them. I understand. But you don't know what they did. I understand. You know who it's the hardest to forgive? People that hurt people I love. You do what you want to me, man, but you, you say something about my bride, I'll cut you. Maybe your tires. I'll cut something. It's hard. But you know what? I've had to forgive people that said terrible things about my bride. I can say what I want about her, okay? You cannot. You're beautiful, babe. I love you with all my heart. So here's how I wanted to just end this. Um, I know that there's hurt in this room. Some of it's abuse. And I don't know what you've been told, but I think it's just important that we go to Scripture first before we go to opinions of man, and we just look at what Jesus said. Um, What I know is that it wasn't just Jesus and Scripture that did this then. Uh, The first martyred uh, 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 disciple, Stephen, would have done the same thing as they're throwing rocks at him, about to murder him, he, he prayed for them that God would forgive them. Friends, people are going to do terrible things to you. And sometimes it's really just the kindness of the Lord giving you an opportunity to display righteousness and the kindness of God. Before we move forward in the service, uh, uh, Deb, would you guys come? We're going to worship um, for a while. And I don't know what's going to happen next. We're going to open the altars for people to come and just... Repent. And I think you do it by name. I think you do it by situation. And I I start with pride. I start with little things, and I allow the Holy Spirit to just comb through in my head. I talk through the things that I know that I've committed. And because confessing my sin allows righteousness to grow within me. 
And then I look to people that did me wrong or did my family wrong. And he begins to name them. And when he brings them up, I bless them. And sometimes I, I hate it the most when the Lord says, no, no, I want you to go and buy them something. I want you to spend your money on them. I want you to show my kindness to them. Some of you have got some deep wounds, and I'm mindful of that. I actually, I, I feel it. Terrible things have happened to me in my life um, on a personal level where I would love to share that with you. And if there's people here that are struggling with unforgiveness, we want you to know we have, we have people that are like, uh, have, have like clinically gifted in the ability to walk you through these things but it's important that you untie your heart because it can actually do damage to you. And if we're in relationship, it can do damage to me. We teach each other kindness to our spouses, to our children, to our parents, to our coworkers, to everyone. Hurt is going to happen to you. It's a promise. I'm so thankful that he's cleansed me and I get to show him thank you by not, by not doing something, but just simply give him back, paint it forward. Y'all don't know how jacked up I was, but when I see the selfishness in others, that's how I get to show the Lord how much he's done for me, by giving it to them. Can I just pray over you? Holy Spirit, I believe you're in this room right now. Today's the day of atonement. It's the day where you bring forgiveness for us and make us one with you. Thank you, Father, that you sent your son, that you loved me so much that you, you punished him to show me kindness. Jesus, thank you for taking on my greed, for taking on my selfishness, for taking on my laziness, and my lust, and my perversion. You see me as I am, and you've loved me. I've never, lo I've never known a love like this before. Holy Spirit, we're asking that you administer right now reconciliation, both to you and to your sons and daughters that are maybe lost, maybe here in this room. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would move right here. We aim to worship you. We aim to tell you that you're worthy. We aim to tell you that you are good. We aim to, to say thank you. We aim to praise you. We aim to worship you. Thank you for bringing healing to our lives. If you're here today and you need to forgive yourself from something you've done, you need to ask the Lord to forgive you of something you've done 
or you need to forgive others of something they've done, I want to open the altars even now. Probably every person in the room needs to be down here, but you have to choose whether you want to move forward. But there's something beautiful about coming to the altar of God on the day of atonement. Holy Spirit, the service is yours. Thank you for joining us at The Way today. Our prayer is that through a relationship with Jesus, you would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit us online at thewaylakeland.com or by visiting our Facebook page at The Way Lakeland or Instagram page at The Way Church Lakeland.